Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, I thank you for uh, another opportunity to be able to come together, to be able to discuss and, and mull over, and that you have given us awareness of the state of things around us. Father, I, I come before you humbly and and say that I, I'm I am sorry for my transgressions. I forgive me of my sins and and allow me burden free to be able to come and, and partake. Father, I thank you that we can come freely to you, that this is a, a relational relationship that you desire with us. Father, I thank you for who and what you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply as always for all the links, for all the things. You can find the link for the website down in the episode description, buddywalkwithjesus.com. And most importantly, if you are in need of prayer, prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com, do not hesitate to reach out. All right, guys, I have something on my mind. This is going to be one of those episodes, right? Um, So I was reminded today of how dark this world can be and how unrelenting the enemy can be. I know I'm starting it off on a high note. Um, but this is reality, you know, and, and without getting into the specifics, something came up when in the midst of all of this, and it's, it's nothing new that we've necessarily talked about just, uh, different perspective, a different angle on it that I think can be translatable regardless of where you reside on this planet. Outside of just America, this is universal for the kingdom. You know, we, as Christians, I think we expect a certain level of training to come support something along those lines to come from our local church, the, the, the local church system. And to take it into America here for a second, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, the things, the areas that this has taken off in a million different wrong directions and how this can go tails up. And that's not, what we try and focus on. Um, it's very tempting for me, it is, um, but that's not that's not the focus of this. Um, but re- regardless, we have a bad habit that's formed that I'm noticing. Things happen that As humans, the temptation is to try and band-aid it up. We've been talking about 
trauma. How do you deal with trauma as a Christian? And as a Christian that's coming alongside somebody who's going through trauma, how do you deal with that? We've discussed how we're called to interact with one another on things like social media and things like that. And here's the truth. Here's my obligatory hot take of the episode. All right. It's frustrating to me how often people are left without the proper skills to deal with and handle the world and all of its darkness and all of its complexity and all of its mess and its mire. And this is where maybe me of six months ago would have trailed off onto a conversation about how the American church has failed and then leave out an entire section of you guys listening. Um, the other part of me, you know, would go, would go the direction of, of trying to promote, you know, this over that or whatever. I myself am just as guilty. That's why it makes me laugh because on some, on some angles, on some sides, you and I, I've heard, I've heard people call us too soft, way too soft, like hyper grace soft. I've heard other people that, that listen, call us radically, um, non-committal or that we're on the right path, but we're half measure. You know what I mean? And, and, and that you, that we're just a half measure. You know what I mean? That you need to, you know, everybody needs to know this and needs to study this and needs to pick up this concordance and needs to do this, that, or the other thing. And it's fascinating to me, right? Because I cannot help. I cannot help but look at the situation for what it is. All cards out on the table. You and I talk about a thing that isn't necessarily talked about a lot. And that's a kingdom. That's bringing this whole kingdom stuff, right? This whole relationship with God and making it relational. The key word is relationship. Outside, three-dimensional, three and four-dimensional, outside of just black text, white page, that this is something that you walk in every single day. And... And this, it's not just with us. And the people that I, I hear talk this kingdom thing are some of the same people that I hear some of the most controversial opinions about, I guess, that are deemed some of the more controversial people amongst, you know, staunch people of different denominations or staunch thinkers in a particular kind of way or you know, people who are resolute in, in a certain kind of position that you just got to do this, that, or the other thing. And so I see this, this trend happening and then I'm reminded that when things happen, when people make choices, when events happen in people's lives, when life gets messy, you know, we, we are, we are accepting by ignoring it. We're just not going to talk about it. Denial, maybe. And I can't help but call the spade a spade here 
And this is the only this is the only spot where I'm going to say anything like this because this this problem is bigger. But I tend to the more I talk to you guys from other parts of the world, the more I see that this is a pretty that this is very prevalent in America versus other parts of the world, where this kind of training for real world things isn't provided. And so you have people that are taught to just take it on faith. Just take it on faith. Okay, all right. Here's the thing about just take it on faith. If you are a person listening that has walked this life and more often than, you know, you you just you were raised in that kind of household, you just knew God your whole life, Mazel tov, fantastic. Honestly, I'd venture, to, I'd venture to bet that the other group is probably the one that makes up the, the majority that you've walked the paces you've seen the things you've you've took the you maybe you took the long way around to jesus but if you did not if you were if you were presented with jesus from a young age in a very clear and rational and healthy kind of way fantastic but here's the deal okay um it's if if that if it were just that simple do you think that wouldn't have thought about that i'm just saying like so you know we are the oddballs you know that's that's no new news you and i oddballs but this whole idea of having a relationship with god that's active that you can get to know that you can count on and that that we can look to hope and fullness in relationship with god that is separate from the world okay here's bad stuff god working over top overlay the bad stuff it doesn't stop the bad stuff that's that's bad theology to to, to say that you can just pray i gotta be careful with my wording but that you can just believe it all away that you can just faith it all away faith is something that doesn't come real easy to some people and so i hear people saying things like just take it in faith. You know what I mean? Just just, just ha- b- believe this on, on faith alone. And so how I just... I have to believe that, um, A, I'm going to be so mad at my future self. Or my future self is going to be so mad at me for this mess that I've got to sort through. Um, but I, I can't help but, but pose this question. Okay. Um, it's so easy to get lost in what makes the world dark. Like the events that we look at that are the dark events. That's very easy to stay there. But we know that there are two kingdoms. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of his dear son. That's it. And so we can see a whole bunch of different... Um, we can see a whole bunch of different symptoms of the problem... You know, we've talked about many of the symptoms that are present in present day America, you know, here on the show. There's there's tons. There's so many of them. But how I don't feel like I'm the only Christian that is noticing that there is a growing number of people that have looked to their local congregation, their local pastor to help equip them 
with the skill sets necessary to handle when things that challenge your faith happen. But when things that challenge their faith happen, they're not equipped to deal with it. So what do we do with that? What is, what is, what? Uh, yes, we take it all to God. Yes, this is, this is ultimately praying and prayer and God bathe this world. Absolutely, 100%. But in the practical every single day sense, doesn't matter if you live in America, it doesn't matter if you live in India, it doesn't matter if you live in Ireland or somewhere else. Let's talk about this because this isn't going away. And then it's resulting in people walking away from their faith. It's resulting in people deconstructing because they were never, because the firm foundation that they had wasn't present in the first place because it was never built. There's there's a lot that you said, and for those who, I'm just going to put it out there. If you want us to speak on a certain topic, I would love to hear that input. Yeah, you know, and re receive that. There is a big misunderstanding that when God calls for a diverse body, one is a hand, one is a foot, that kind of theology. It does not mean they all think exactly the same way. And by that, an example would be if you put an artist and a scientist in the same room, they may speak a different language, a different jargon. They can communicate with each other, but they'll have different perspectives. That doesn't mean that, and I find it always funny when people would say that we are hyper grace. Um, that just tells me they probably don't understand what the word means. And I probably just offended somebody there. Um, the challenge is to me is always John 17. Jesus's prayer, when he prayed that we would be one as the father and he are one. And this kind of talk doesn't give birth to that. Now setting all that aside, <clears throat> Because we are blessed to be in such a diverse family, meaning people think differently, they believe the same God, they believe the same Bible, um, there's an opportunity to see something from a fresh perspective. Definitely. And there's a sense of understanding, and maybe rightly so, maybe wrongly so, that the church meeting, I'm going to phrase the meeting as opposed to the church, the body, the church meeting is an opportunity to become quote unquote equipped. But what's the equipping for? It's for going out making disciples of the nations. Um, and pastors and leaders are supposed to help equip for that. Well, how, and I've, I've said this before, I would love to hear a sermon of how he pastor would share how he loves Jesus. Cause I think a lot of times people, that's an abstract. And that would be what one person does, but it might give somebody a clue. So why do I say that? The idea is that people have said for decades, Christianity is about a personal relationship with Jesus, but then it gets taken down to a book, a study method, um, 
a formula, uh, the right church to go to, the right mindset, avoid this part. So what happens? It leaves a person confused. And this is where we, you and I talk about intimacy with the Lord. We, it comes down to our relationship with the Lord. I speak to the Lord differently than you speak to the Lord. And, you know, you have a different journey you bring to that. You also have different knowledge. You know, you may talk to God about a practical thing like marketing. Or you may talk to him about an experience you had with your wife, you know, going out on a date, you know, and seeing something. You know, we are individuals that are united through the Holy Spirit. So the question is, what is that relationship with the Holy Spirit doing in our lives each and every day? How are we managing that? If we feel we need to lean on, and by lean on, I mean, we, oh, I got to call the pastor because I need his opinion on this. That's good in the beginning, you know, when you're a new babe. When you're learning and someone is teaching you, well, this is where you would go to the scripture to find this. So this is how you would find some information. This is how you would pray. But if you're 20, 30 years, and there are people who are 20, 30 years, I used to be one of those, that had a hard time navigating or getting advice, you know, or not getting advice, getting insight. So you rely on people who are wiser or more mature, hopefully, than you to give you insight. But if you're not picking up the way they're learning to try to make it your own, then you're missing out on an opportunity. This is why discipleship is very important. Discipleship is like me investing in somebody so that they can take that almost like an apprentice and they could learn how to do it for themselves. Um, you know, if we were doing carpentry and I'm not a carpenter by any, I do know what a hammer is. And I know which end to use. But if I were a carpenter and I were to show you how to carpentry, you would go ahead and you would create your own style with that. You would take it and make it your own way. You know, I'm not a musician, but if you were to teach me, you know, you might play more of a, a rock style. Well, I might play more of whatever is not rock. <laughs> Definitely not pop. But, you know, middle of the road, maybe. Something different. But I would learn from you and I would do that. Does that disqualify the style? Does that disqualify the style of carpentry? Sometimes I think God takes us to a point where we have to say, "It's I need all you, however I can get that. Sometimes it involves other people, sometimes it doesn't. Now you and I have both had a lot of tragedy in our lives. And it's a mistake to think that God is not in those moments. Yeah. But that's not the first thing you think about. God, are you here? You know, you wonder where he is. You don't see him there. Usually it's hindsight when you get quiet enough or you become experienced enough to know that, you know what, I need to reflect here. That you see him in the things you were going through that you could not tell he was doing. There's a lot of tragedy around the world, and there's always been, but it seems more high pitch, for lack of a better phrasing, now than before. And for some people, 
it's a lot of noise. It's a, 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 it is a noise of constants. You know, it, it seems like it just does not stop. It does not shut off. But we have a comforter. We have a comforter that was sent to us, especially for these things. The best thing we can do for that relationship is to understand him. Now, I guess it's something that sounds overwhelming to a lot of people. Understand him. What are you kidding? You can't understand God. But the Bible says we can have the mind of Christ. That doesn't mean we know everything that Christ says, but we have the persona, the mindset of Christ to draw near to him, to try to find out what's going on without knowing specifics of what anyone is going through. There are some simplifications that can be started on that path. What, what is happening to you now emotionally? Maybe it's physically, but there's an emotion attached to it. Maybe you're in pain. Maybe, you know, you've just lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost your job. There is something that's going on and your mindset can be disoriented because of that. And you act in a way that somebody, if they were to look at you, they would judge you in a wrong way. And you know what? I had a mental picture of um, something that happened when my brother and I, we 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 were probably about 11 or 12 and this is something that is really odd but it helps to paint the picture maybe the lord gave it to me so i can do this um, analogy um when we were going on the train station we had tokens and they don't have them m much anymore from what i understand they do those metro cards but it was a token there was a man who entered the turnstile with my brother. You know, he's small. This man is older gentleman. He's like 60 or something. And basically jumped the turnstile on my brother's token. He didn't pay the fare. He went through. Now, that was something that was always odd and stayed with me. But I never reflected on why that happened. So if you were to think of what would a 60-year-old man who looked pretty, you know, well taken care of. He had an umbrella. He had on a, a, a trench, the raincoat, but he wasn't pervy. He wasn't pervy or anything like that. He did it because he didn't have the fare. And we lived in a bad neighborhood and he seemed out of sorts. So today I'm reflecting on that. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe he had his wallet stolen and he was afraid. And we're two kids. We're not threats to him. And he was able to go ahead and, you know, he was not of the same neighborhood type. So he might have been fearful to ask somebody, especially if something happened to him that he had no more money, meaning that he might have been mugged or something. He just wanted to get home. People would look at him and say, what was that man doing? That's crazy. What is he a perv or something? But something happened that only he was aware of. And if he acted in a way that probably was very shameful for him that he couldn't ask somebody for money or try to get a token or something but he acted in that way so people can judge and we we didn't understand but we thought he was off we didn't think he was a perv or anything like that but we kept our distance while he went up the stairs and went to whatever thing was going on so when somebody who's going through something lashes out 
An example would be they lost a loved one that was very dear. They blame God. They lash out. Someone may say, you know what? You got to have faith. God did this for a reason and all that stuff. And we've shared this before. Those kinds of arguments don't really meet the needs of the person who's going through the suffering. So how do you go ahead and you help that person? How do you show that person that faith is meant for those times of weakness? Because in those weaknesses, he is strong. And God looks for those opportunities because they do come in people's lives. So with with the things that are going on in a person's life, there's a lot of things that take up headroom where they may not be able to process things that are going through. They're so quick. So if they slow down, that might allow them opportunity. But how do they know how to slow down? How do they know how to become centered in the Lord? It's one of those things that like is so ridiculously ironic that we live in a time where the questions that you just posed are answered by 87 different authors, all for the tune of $25.99 for their greatest bestseller. Um, and, 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 or, you know, everybody's got a podcast. So, you know, you can hear a million different ways to hear this, that, or the other thing. Um, but still at the end of the day, you can open up your phone and, you can have the Bible at your fingertips. Today, you can have teachings from wherever, from whoever in history, as long as somebody has been able to digitize their works. You can have whatever you like at, the finger, at, the, at your fingertips in so many ways, but we still end up with people that aren't equipped to understand how all of this works, how, how to overcome all of these things and the problem becomes that mixed into that mixed into just take it because jesus said so mixed into all of that are people that say you know th this alternative way of thinking puts you at the center makes you feel really good and this is all this and you have these false gospels that are peppered all across the board you know there's a a growing trend we take into the conversation this sense of well i'm gonna argue you with my apologetics i'm gonna argue with you for my faith and i'm going to take my position from a place of debate and there's a lot of squawking from both sides there's a lot of squawking you know shout out to all of you guys listening that are mighty on Facebook with your memes. I know a couple of you, and I mean this seriously. Y'all are dedicated. You can't, you cannot memeify this stuff. You cannot make a nice little bundled up box that says you just have to do A, B, and C, and you'll be right as right. That's not how that works. And I, with all of these different opportunities to hear all of these different voices and all of these different takes and all of these different positions if anybody was doing it in a manner that was eliciting widespread success then why is the problem only getting worse 
I hear people and they, they give me a short list of what you need to do and what you need to do and what you need to do. You're talking about somebody, you're talking about people that are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years in their faith. Long time, lifelong people. Those of us that know how to spiritually defend ourselves, that will, that understand how to logically and rationally approach the scriptures and how to do so in a full and contextual kind of way. Then I ask you this. How do these people that have only been in the faith for a couple of years, how do kids, how do people that do not have that experience stand a ghost of a chance? How do we teach this without leaving people to just sit in their own shame? You know what I mean? Like, you know, put the, put the keyboard back, guys. I know I just, I just asked you guys for an answer and I know you're ready to do it. But, but for real though, with some time and some serious thought, how do we combat this growing epidemic that's taking place? Because whether or not whatever side of whatever fence or this or that, the God's honest truth is that things are getting normalized in our everyday life. There is a lot that you said. And I That's think- twice that you started. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's good. There's a lot that you said. And I think a lot of times, this is what's coming up in my mind is that there's not approach, an approach of humility to answering a person. It's the I've got the solution kind of mentality that's always been a setback for me. Try this. This is going to work. Um, and I, I, I don't want to bash people learning theology and studying all that stuff. But a lot of times life doesn't come down to an alliteration. Right. Um, they're great memory devices, but sometimes you're stuck with the Bible at its most concrete and sometimes indecipherable moment. And I go to this, and we talked about this on the previous episode, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5, and I'm going to read it from the ESV. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. The following verse, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Now that sounds like a contradiction. There goes a record skip. And for those who don't know what a record is, see Joe. <laughs> but this is the practicality of it. There are things that occur in a person's life where the context of what's going on is going to be very key for them getting the solution that they're going through heard. And by heard, I mean them listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say. But for them to be reached out to, we cannot be the church that thinks we're the physician. We can never be the physician. We have to be the nurses. We have to listen to what the doctor says. It says, doctor says, oh, the patient needs such and such, you know, and some of it might be encouragement. Some of it might be a prescription. Some of it might be tests or whatever. If we think we are the doctor, then we've misunderstood our role. 
Exactly. That's a that is a that is a a phenomenal way to summarize something that I have been trying to get across for quite a while that this whole idea of using the Bible against people, throwing the Bible at people, you can quote scripture to a person. That's great. That is that is wonderful. But if you're doing so in a way that only very specifically serves you and does not serve the other person, then you are skipping over the doctor and saying, this is the treatment. I have it. I have what you need right here. And it's prescribed by you. It's not prescribed by the doctor. There, There's a disconnect there. You know what? I'm going to give you a very uncomfortable situation. Oh, boy. Okay. You, the Lord tells you, I have this person. And you know the person. You know their situation. The journey has been very tragic and very hard and difficult. And people don't like to speak to them because they turn out to be um, people that require a lot of attention. Um, but the Lord says to you, Joe, I want you to be this person's friend and just listen. Don't say anything, just listen. What do you think of being called to do that? That's something that I fully recognize the, the difficulty of because it, does, it doesn't come naturally to me. I literally talk for a living. So that is an incredible challenge. But I think realistically, I think you can point to real life and see evidence of the efficacy of that kind of God calling a person to do that. Okay, good. Now I'm going to take you to the second part of that question. That was just a context kind of thing. You are in your men's group or you're with a group of believers and they're all, you know, the same level of maturity. And you share with them that God called you to be a listener for this person. And then you have one person says, yeah, but you got to share the gospel because if you don't, they're going to go to hell and it's going to be on your hand and you're you're responsible for that. What just happened inside of you when I said that? Um, a sarcastic chuckle if I'm being completely and totally honest, but well, that's like, good. Yeah. See, the thing is that if if we are listening to the Lord and he's called us to be a listener, and we've gotten advice from someone who says, you're, you're responsible to do this. There comes in what's called a temptation. You know, I don't want this person to pass away. This person makes a good um, case for speaking up. But the Lord's called me to listen. And I don't know why. But if I listen, who is responsible for this person? I can't save him. You can't save him. You know, the Lord is the one who calls and who redeems. So God may have a plan where he brings another person who, without you speaking, will have the second part of that. So what you did was water. No, what you did was plant. The other person is coming to water. Right. And it's going to be God that makes it grow. A lot of times we come with a preconception 
of how it should be done, but we don't leave it in the master's hands. We don't, and by that, I mean what he shows us to do. He may call you to, okay, now's the season for you to speak because they built that trust. They know that you're not going to judge them, that you've gone further than anyone has gone with them. And now they, they want to hear from you and everything. And then God gives you a word, you know, and it may be something as simple as, you know, I really enjoy these times of being together with you. No judgment, no like um, rationalization, just like this has been meaningful to me to be able to be here with you. And boom, something happens inside this person. If we were to jump the gun and disobey God after what he's told us because we received bad advice that seemed good, then we miss an opportunity. This is something that happens a lot. We're told we have to perpetuate a certain response. I don't know if perpetuate was the right word, but you know what I mean. We've got to get them to sign the dotted line. We've got to get them taken care of. Interesting enough, and I know this is going to rub some people the wrong way. I, I heard someone in my church say, you know, that he doesn't have to go out and get people to listen to him about the gospel. They're coming to him to hear it. So if you think about what does that mean, they're coming to him. And I'm going to ask you, Joe, if someone is coming to a person to hear about God, why is that person coming to him? Why is that person coming to her? What would make them want to seek out this God from this person? There can be a lot of different reasons for that, but the first couple that pop into my head are if it's somebody that is a talented speaker um, or, or has a certain specific kind of approach towards speaking, that could be a reason. Um, it could be a person that um, lives a life that other people remark at. You know that a per that just they they have that that something different that we talk about. They are a kingdom person. Yeah, there there are people, and I think the Lord is pouring out His Spirit in a practical manner for people who says, you know what, I don't want the formulas. I want to follow Christ. I want to I want to follow the things He's telling me individually as an individual to do, which may be like share a meal or to stop talking, or to, you know, give an extra $3 to a person. And $3, I know people joke about that, but $3 can be a lot. Um, especially if you're an impoverished person giving to another impoverished person. I mean, I tell you right now, the Holy Spirit just flows through that. When someone who is poor gives to someone who is poor, Something in the kingdom just rippled really intense. And I'm, <laughs> I wish you could feel what's going through me when I say that. We don't understand how the small things ripple. And a lot of times that can affect the kingdom in ways that stretch to eternity. The people's mindsets have to change. It is too much Oh, I'm about to offend some people here, but I'm going for it. I'm jumping into this water. There's a consumerist 
mentality. You know, get the latest, learn the latest, teach the latest. Uh, Whatever is in vogue, whatever is trending. But if we look at Jesus, who is timeless, and I would even say classic, his responses still can confound us in the simplicity of it. And that thing about consumerism, right? It's not just for a particular group of people. There's not just one particular group of people that are doing this because you have this same kind of approach from conservative Christians, from liberal Christians, from people that, you know, think that they are the, um, you know, that the, that the rest of the world has got it wrong. And that covers just about everybody. Because these things called Facebook and these things called social media and these things called new media, podcasts, YouTube, things like that, they perpetuate these echo chambers of overinflated importance. You're not the only one that's going to offend people with this one because I, I see this fascinating thing happening that, you know, the same people that are griping about you know, people today and, and thought processes today and this person today are still the first, the, the people that know right off the tip of their tongue, the latest uh, Christian author in a particular uh, subgenre of Christian content. They know the latest this or they only buy this or they only subscribe to this or whatever. It goes beyond just a particular thought process or people group. That, that we are so, we, we have these, these nice security blankets of a very small group of people echoing what we think is totally right. And, and again, I come back to this question. If we were right half as much as we thought we were right, then why are so many people falling away? Because here's the thing, right? And I understand there's some of you that are about to get real behind me on this one. But wait for it, because we're going to probably diverge here in a second. This is big boy stuff. People's lives are at stake. People's forever are at stake. Guys, you hear me? You hear me sit here and, and get rowdy into this microphone. That's because I care. That's because I see this thing. I see what's going on. It's overwhelming at times that God has opened my eyes to the fact that we are in spiritual war every single day. And part of the problem is nobody's teaching anybody because nobody's been taught. Because so many people don't know what to teach. They want to put it up in nice, wait for it, three bullet points that you can put on a nice Sunday morning deal. Come on, man. You can't summarize this thing in a Facebook post. If you try to bundle it up in a meme, I promise you, you left something very, very specific. And here's the gimmick, guys. If it just was as simple as don't do this or only do this or only follow this set of rules, well, wouldn't you think that more people would have done it by now? Come on. What I find interesting is what's what's 
been done, what's being done now. I'm not sure the right phrasing. What's been promoted by the church as a whole, and I'm talking about the American church, I'm not sure how it is for other churches, has not been working very well. And I think, I want to go back to something I read a couple nights ago. Um, there was a man, he's writing this book, and I know, <laughs> again, we're talking about books, but he was talking about how he was a pastor and he was doing all these things and he's done a lot of things, but on the inside, he was, he was empty. He was really empty. He was giving of himself from human resource. Is, I guess that's the best way to phrase that, from his own will to effort. And he meant it in good, with good intentions. Don't get me wrong. But he knew that it was empty and he was meeting another fellow that he was going to chauffeur to someplace. And he really didn't want to do it and everything. Well, the guy he, he picked up wound up changing his life um, by just asking him questions. And they were questions that were based on questions that Jesus asked. So again, we go to simplicity. I'm in the beginning of this book. I don't know what the questions are. Don't ask me. Ask me in a couple of weeks. Hopefully I've finished it. <laughs> but he went back to the guy and asked him how how was it that he was so impacted by that one meeting and the man said to him that before he had met him he decided that he was going to unconditionally love him doesn't know his story doesn't know whether he's a good guy a bad guy or anything i'm going to unconditionally love you the way god does and that he soaked that meeting in prayer that it would be a transformational meeting. That's it. Simple. These are not bullet points. This is an heart attitude thing. You know, the thing is when we speak to a person without understanding what, how God sees them, we speak as the person. But if we can see them the way God sees them, then we call it out of them. And that's one of the things God wants us to do as a person who, who had a very broken life, very few, and a lot of them were well-meaning people, were unable to call out of me what God wanted to do because they didn't understand how to reach that person who was me, who was in all these bound up walls and barriers or whatever you want to say, all this dysfunctionality. But God knew, and God through the seasons of my life, and sometimes it does take seasons because you got to get knuckleheadness out of yourself, um, was able to receive what God had uh, in store for me of revealing himself. And it's revealing himself in a way that changes me. And I was fortunate to desire it. There are some people that get an inkling, but they, they stop. The thing is to push through. It really is to push through. And as an individual, Joe, you can't give up or say, you know, I'm dealing with too many things. I just am too tired. I give up. Now, there are people going to do that for a season and then get back up. The Bible talks about, you know, it's to the credit of a person to get up seven times. That's the point where we have to be because at the end, we can't, we can't 
put, and I'm going to phrase it in this really weird way, but it's the only way I know how to do it. We can't put our destiny on the expectations of another person. And by that, I mean, it's God called us for a reason. And no matter what, we can't let someone else steal our crown. So each and every person who's listening, who's feeling weight or toning asunder or something, what is God calling you for? If you don't know the answer, that's okay. But you should know who you can go to for that answer. And that would be to God. And you could say it as plain as you want. God, I don't know how to do any of this. And I would phrase it this way. I'm too stupid to figure out my own way out here. God, help me, please. And God honors that. Don't let people's false expectations hinder you from finding God. You just can't. And when you find the realness of that, some people get it that you found it. Some people won't, and they'll want to change it because it disorients them for you to have it that way. They like certain things a certain way. Don't give that up. You know, I would suggest reading 1 Kings 13, which has been a pivotal chapter for me and my stance for the Lord. It will help you to understand that when God shares something with you, treat it with respect and care and hold on to it because it is very dear and most importantly, it's very sacred. It's a, it's a sacred bond between you and God. It's almost as in when Revelations where he gives a white stone out and it has a name that only he and you will know written on it. That is it. When God shares you a nugget that's that sacred, it's sort of like that. It's meant to be this kiss between the two of you. And people are going to make judgments about me all they want and everything. But I decide whether I give it heedance. Heedance, I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. I can't live for them. I can't. I don't have the energy for it. It's too much. I have the energy to follow God, who, who out of his mercy gives me more energy. And I want to be faithful. So when he returns, he does find me faithful. And not only that, but encouraging others to follow him deeply. And that's not something I can see with my eyes. That's not something I can hear with my ears. I don't know how people are affected by anything I do, but I give it to the Lord because I know I can water or I can plant, but I can't make it grow. I just can't. So therein lies the great mystery. Do we trust God enough to fulfill what our hands cannot accomplish? How many lives realistically do you think are changed by drive-by Facebook evangelism shot? Doesn't matter if it's a meme, it doesn't matter if it's a nice Twitter response of 140 characters or whatever. How many lives do you actually think are right there, dead on the spot, being changed by jumping on and trying to soundbite your way 
into truth. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, what a question. I know with God, all things are possible, but that's one of the hard ones. See the, th the thing I would say is how long would it last? If you made a person stop and think, how long would it last? Um, a lot of times you're not really going to change in a sound bite or a meme or 140 character text because that's not relationship. That will never be relationship. A lot of these social media sites, are people really the way they present themselves on social media? Maybe they are. And then when they're with a person in real life, they're not the real person. But relationship is, is what Jesus did in order to change the world. We see that with the 12. We do see it with the 72. We see it with his, his earthly family. If you have to give account for the memes and the social medias before the Lord, for everything you posted, would you want to do that? Would you stand before God and say, yes, that one is correct. Yes, I stand before that. Mind you, you're before God and you will understand everything you've posted and how it was put out there. We need to be able to discuss the stuff that happens in this life, what we're called to do about the stuff that happens in this life, and what that looks like from a kingdom perspective without just trying to slam something down somebody's throat. So this is something that we need to keep the conversation going about and we need to talk about because this is something that will only stay a clear and present issue. So I want to say if if we have offended you, you can email us at... No, just kidding. Um, if you are somebody that has gone through something and either has a hard time talking about it or um, has experienced some of these bad habits firsthand, take it to God. You know, that's, that's the beautiful thing about God is that God is the only one that can truly comfort and truly console and truly embrace in love in a full and complete kind of way. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, Father. I, I thank you for who you are and that you are the answer to every mystery we have, Father. As unique as we are, you hold that answer and you give it with delight. Father, you are the best person to go to, Father. And we thank you that you've not called us to be alone, but you've called us to be in community. But first and foremost, with you as the head, we thank you for who you are and all the wonderful things you do in our lives, Father. And we ask for you to reveal to us who you are each and every day. We thank you in you, Father. We ask for your mercy that you would allow us to see more of you with each passing moment. In Jesus' name, amen.